0: Okay, I don't think I even need the mask on, do I? Just when I figured you'd reached your lowest point, you're listening to the Rish Outcast. Kind of makes me feel better about having done Highlander 2. Hey folks, this is Rish Outfield. I am taking a walk outside by myself. I was gonna go watch the sunset Then I got the idea of grabbing my recorder and talking in it while I watched the sunset, and the battery died. And so I had to turn around and go back and get a new battery and test it and make sure that it was all right, because the first battery that I grabbed had acid on the end, which I'm assuming means the battery has gone bad. (sighs) So now there's probably two minutes left of the sunset, but it's the thought that counts. And this episode is all about the thought, counting. So, I got a positive coronavirus test last night. And I've dealt with how that is today. And it's been hard. It's been psychologically, surprisingly, hard. I am in... Good company. This is not a good place to record. There are cars that go by and they just seem deafening. I don't know if they're deafening to the microphone. Uh, I'm in good company. I mean we've had millions of cases here in America and the day before I got my positive test was the highest new cases on file. It was a little over 205,000 new cases Eclipsing the previous record, which had been the day before. And so, I've no doubt that today, there were even more new cases than the day before it. We've reached that, that, that huge third wave that they warned us about would happen in the winter. And I'm part of it. But it still feels like I am... A leper or I am unclean or, or I have done something wrong. And I don't know, I, I, my sister and brother-in-law have treated me differently since I got the results. My nephews aren't allowed to be near me or play with me or talk to me despite the oldest nephew having been sick at the same time that I was, only he was way sicker than I was, and the difference is that there is a test result with my name on it, and there's not a test result with his name on it. And so, you know, my nephew is safe, but it's just a technical difference. Um, But sometimes that's all people need, is a technical difference. You know, maybe that's why there are certain celebrities that everybody knows are gay, but still won't disclose that because everybody knowing that you're gay but you haven't officially come out of the closet, I guess is different than it being official. That's not a good comparison, is it? I don't know, my friend Mick is gay and he has made the comparison between the coronavirus and AIDS a few times and talked about how you know, in Ronald Reagan's presidency, he avoided ever talking about the AIDS epidemic. And that this disease, too, has been politicized. And yeah, all right, I can see that. I just feel like I did something wrong. And yeah, let me let me go back to yesterday, to my decision. Okay, so it was two days ago that I decided... I probably ought to get tested. I felt a little bit sick on Monday and my nephew stayed home from school on Monday because he was really sick. Oh, and and Monday was just a headache. I had a headache, but it was a long headache, a prolonged headache. And then Tuesday I felt achy and the headache started to come back and my nephew was in bed the whole day Tuesday and I thought, oh shoot. I don't know. and I, I, Normally I get together with my cousin on Tuesdays and I, I called him and I told him this and said, dude, I, I think maybe I shouldn't go get together with you just in case, but by Wednesday I was feeling better. And yet I wondered, and, and we've talked about this, or I've talked about this with everybody since this pandemic began. You get the sniffles or you sneeze or you cough Or you have a backache or a headache or whatever and instantly the first thing that you think is maybe this is it. Maybe I got it. You see somebody else sniffle. You see somebody else cough. You see somebody else blowing their nose or spitting and you're like, ooh, uh. And it's natural. This thing was so terrifying when it first began. When there was more mystery around it of how do you get it and what does it mean if you get it and who does it affect and how is it transmitted and all that. And now I think we know all of that but it got politicized so much and you know just spread out of control and I I would see the people who weren't wearing the masks or who deliberately flouted the medical advice and I would just think you know that they were ignorant At best but at worst something something far darker and being able to say well I didn't get it so I must be doing something right I have to admit is an umbrella I had over my head I had a conversation with somebody once about about my sister she works at the jail at the county jail and she sees the kind of people brought in and what crimes they have committed. And she sees it day after day after day. And it has really affected her. It has made her a harder person. It has changed her. not I think not for the better. But I, I had said, you know, I see these people as others. They go to jail and they're criminals, so they are bad. But... Listening to my sister talk about some of these people, I have started to empathize a little bit more with them. And I realized that a lot of them made mistakes or they have turned left where I have turned right, or it's just a tiny bit of circumstance that separates them from me. And I guess I was feeling smug. I was feeling self-satisfied. Like, oh, I am, I'm a good person for thinking this. And, and the response was, no, you still think you're better than them. You just said they turned left where you turned right. And it hurt my feelings because I didn't mean to think that, or to, uh, that, that's not what I was trying to say. I was trying to say I felt more empathetic toward them, that they weren't just bad people, that it's complicated, but you know everything that somebody says can be interpreted however you choose to interpret it and oh well i know what i meant he, so here we are boy it is so cold why didn't i put on a coat what what possible reason did i have for not wearing a coat unless it was i'm going to go out and punish myself for having gotten sick did i get sick Because I broke the rules, because I was not conscientious, because I was not careful. And that's a question. I mean, maybe it's not a complicated question. Maybe all you have to do is say, do you wear your mask in public like you have been asked? Do you wash your hands? Do you get together in big groups even though you were told not to? answer to those three questions is no. I Wait, I think they're all different answered questions. I wasn't a flouter of the rules, and part of it was that the mask became the symbol, remember? The mask became a symbol that certain people held up as... maybe there were red hats on one side and there were white masks on the other side, and those were the two identifying features of America. And I know that's oversimplification, but in a lot of people's minds, that's what was going on. And so I was all too willing to put on a mask. Now, I have I almost said a friend. I wish that I could say that I have a friend that I had this conversation with, but there is a person that I know that I had this conversation with who had gotten COVID-19 back in March. And she said, I got it way back then. So there's no reason for me to socially distance. There's no reason for me to wear a mask. And yet I am forced to. If it were up to me, I wouldn't wear it at all. But I've been told to wear a mask because it reassures people, because it makes people feel safe. And I wish that I could have talked to her longer about that because I I didn't know entirely how to interpret that statement because like I had a couple of cousins that got COVID-19 but they're in Las Vegas and I hadn't I didn't interact with them very much but to be here with somebody face to face that I knew and cared about and they had gotten it I was able to ask some questions about what did it feel like and Did your whole family get it? Did anybody not get it? And stuff, and I wish that I could have continued that conversation. But like I said, we are not friends. And my interpretation of the, you know, I wear a mask because, you know, I've been asked to do this thing, and so I will do it. I will do my civic duty, even though I don't believe that I should. And maybe that's patriotism. Maybe that's responsibility. My mom and I went to the dollar store back in the summer when they first started implementing the, uh, hey, everybody has to wear masks if they come in this store. And we walked in and there was somebody by the door whose job it was to make sure everybody had a mask on. And a guy came in and was told, that's our policy. And the guy said, I don't believe in the coronavirus. And he didn't say it that Loud, He said it much louder. This was something he had said before, and often, and so he wanted everyone to hear it. And my immediate reaction was, you know, my Aunt Blanca is a cashier at Vaughn's grocery store in Las Vegas, and she would have people tell her that the coronavirus wasn't real, that it was a hoax, and she was actually asked, well, do you know anybody personally that got it, and she was able to say, "Well, my daughter got a positive test." So yes, um, and that, you know that was my initial response. But then the guy went out to his car, and he came in, and he wore—he put on a mask—and it made me think. Well, he announced to all of us that he didn't believe that the pandemic was real, but yet he went and he put on a mask. And so this guy is not entirely terrible, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I personally feel like we should be able to drive 115 miles an hour, but the speed limit sign says 75 or 65, so that's what I'm going to drive. I think that's a definition of being an adult. Anyhow, since I was mildly sick, on Monday and Tuesday. And, you know, I, no, I I had a good headache on Monday. It was a debilitating headache, as they say. I have walked softer. I have been more cognizant, been more nervous of, you know, what if I do have it? I did go to the grocery store on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? The day that I felt fine. And I got a bunch of food just in case, you know, I was getting sick and, and I wouldn't be able to go out and all that. So I would have enough food to just stay at home. Shelter at home, right? But when I told my mom that, she said, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to stay at home. And I thought, well, I, yeah, okay. There, I guess there are different levels of being responsible. But like right now I'm walking around, I'm headed back for home. It is so cold. And I've got one hand holding the microphone and the other hand in my pocket. And so one hand is ice cold and the other hand, you know, will survive. But I mentioned what was going through my head that I thought maybe I had it and that now the people around me are going to have it. And Abigail Hilton texted me and said, Go in and get a test. It doesn't cost anything. Just go get it and it's peace of mind. And and you know, it's better to know. So I, I had called my sister because my sister works in healthcare. My other sister, not the one that works at the jail. And so she has access to tests and she has tested herself and, and her daughter, Kathexis. I asked her advice and she said, "Yeah, yeah, you should get tested. At my work, we have tests. If you want, you know, I'll set one aside for you and you can get tested. And I told her, hey, listen, I had some soup this evening, and I couldn't taste anything. And she says, okay, yeah, I think you've got it. I think that's the, the clincher, as they would say. You don't have a fever. Uh, you don't have any other symptoms. No sore throat, no. But loss of smell or taste, that's it. How's your smell? How's your sense of smell? And I remembered that my nephew complained about a bad smell in the bathroom, and I didn't smell anything. And I just chalked it up to the kid's imagination. Hey, you are overreacting. There's no smell in here. But now I wondered, maybe there was a smell, and I just couldn't smell it. Uh, And so that was it. I told Big Anklevich, I sent him a text. I said, you know, I lost my sense of taste and smell, so I, I think I have it. But my younger sister said, no, you shouldn't go get tested, because if you have a positive, then that means all of us are at risk. All of us, we shouldn't. Go to work, we should stay at home. The kids shouldn't go to school. They should stay at home because somebody in our household has a positive test. So I I asked my mom, who is usually pretty wise about such things, but 2020 has made people emotional and made wise people less wise. And she said, Well, no, you obviously have it. I think you know you have it. And so anybody that you've interacted with is going to get it. And by all means, you should go get a test so that we all know. And she said that she needed to wear a mask around me and that I should wear a, a mask while indoors around the rest of the family. And I hadn't been doing that. But yes, the, the next time I saw her, she was wearing a mask. And so I started wearing a mask in the house around my sister, and then it was time for the test. and. In the back of my mind, I thought, do I want to do this? Because if I get a positive result, that's the answer. And if I don't get tested, at least I have plausible deniability. It's funny that I would use that term because that comes from politics, right? I didn't know and my sister said, well, the office is closed. I had to wait until the end of the work day before I got tested because yeah, cause I was a potential carrier, I guess. But I said to her, no, I, I guess it's better to know. And I, as we were driving to her work, I was feeling tense and I was feeling afraid of what will happen if it is positive. But I was committed. And so we went and I had heard about the, the, the nostril swab thing and how unpleasant that was and it it, it was super unpleasant and she had told me you need to sit still and let me know when it reaches up there but I couldn't sit still my body reacted rather violently to it and uh, I you know had to go sneeze a few times and then I came back and I said well how long before you and she already knew she's like okay you're positive in fact I've never seen a positive test result show up that fast and that was Bad news. The plausible deniability was gone. I knew that I had it. Big Anklevich, the other day, not not this week, but a couple weeks ago said at some point we're all gonna get it, right? But that doesn't seem to be the case. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know! (laughs) Like people that are really close to me, I hadn't had any of them get it. I, I care about my cousin, I like the guy, but I don't talk to him all the time. And then my female cousin, Blanca's daughter, I don't even talk to once a year. But, you know, now I I need to isolate. And maybe I shouldn't have gone for a walk out by myself, but I did. And yeah, when I told my mom, my sister reacted badly because she said, you know, now we're going to have to stay home from our, our jobs. And, you know, why did you go get tested? And I, I don't know. But my mom, when I told her, uh, said, yeah, oh, oh, I, I think I must have it too. She was already in bed and I texted her today, you know, how are you feeling? And she said, oh, I think I have a bit of a fever. And uh, I told my, I jokingly told my cousin, you know, she spent all day today in bed uh, watching television and amending her will, but... My nephew, the the days that he was home from school, stayed with her. He stayed sick with his grandmother in the same room as her. And it's just, is it likely that I infected my mother? Or the little boy in the same bed that stayed home sick from school infected my mother? And the difference is my nephew doesn't have a positive test. And so... The circular. We've already mentioned this. It's psychological, isn't it? Anyway, my brother-in-law and my sister have treated me differently since this positive result. And I look at myself differently. I feel different. Would I feel better today if I hadn't gotten that test yesterday? And I think the answer is yes. I think there is a huge psychological component to it. But that is something that I need to overcome and just get past. All right, folks, here I am a week later, a week and a day later, I guess. I'm sorry about the melancholy that hung over that last bit, but I'm glad that I talked about it because I, I don't feel that way so much anymore. I just felt really sad and dirty and like I had done something wrong. Like You know, I mean, like when Trump got COVID, everybody who wasn't insane saw it as some kind of repudiation of his policies, you know, him calling it a hoax, him mocking those that wore masks. Then he got it and it felt like some kind of cosmic justice. And so when I got it, despite having worn a mask, I felt like, okay, I, too, have done something wrong. And the thing is, a, a disease is indiscriminate, you know? It attacks the rich and the poor, the noble and Trump. Like when Rudy Giuliani got COVID just a couple of weeks ago, everybody felt like that was some kind of divine justice as well. You can't have it both ways. It, it can't be divine justice... For bad people, and just oh, you know, unfortunate occurrences for regular people, or you know, I don't know that I qualify as a good person. Everybody sees themselves as good, I think. Have we had this conversation before? I went to a panel at a Comic Con one time where the whole panel was dedicated to the Joker, it was the Joker's. 75th birthday, or it might have been his 80th birthday by then or something like that. And there was a whole panel about that. And the people on the panel, well, they, you know, they had seen the movies. They had seen Mark Hamill voice the Joker on the cartoon, but they didn't have any insights on the character. And I felt like, well, shoot, dude, I should be up there. And the most egregious thing that was said, well, (laughs) the most egregious thing that was said is one of them said, so who is the creator of the Joker? And I called out Bill Finger. And they said, Bob Kane created the Joker. He was the creator of Batman, Robin, the Joker, most of the villains. And dude, that's not true. Bill Finger created almost all of those characters. But something that was said though was People who are villains, they don't believe that they are villains. They think that they are the heroes. And they said, the Joker thinks that he is the hero and that Batman is the villain. And I couldn't disagree more about that. I think the Joker is one of the few fictional characters who would stand up and say, no, I am the villain. I am the bad guy. I am an instrument of chaos. I delight in seeing good people brought down. Luthor would say, I am the hero and Brandon Sanderson is the villain. Absolutely. I stand up for... I I may be rich, but I care more about humanity than the alien does. I, I care more about the poor man, the human... Than the alien does. Anyhow, that continued for a few days when I was in quarantine. And, and, you know, there's hypocrisy there. Because I was out and about taking a walk when I was supposed to be in quarantine. But I think that most people would say, no, exercise is probably good. You're not around people anyway. Last Sunday, I went for a hike way up in the mountains, even though it was in the 30s. Today it's 28 degrees at noon, but I went up this trail that I had gone to two other times this year. Both times it was blocked off. I never was able to reach the top of the trail. And third time was not the charm. It was still blocked off in exactly the same place it had been last time I was there. But I walked up there and because it was winter, December, I was alone. Still, maybe I was in the wrong doing that because you're supposed to isolate. You don't want to infect other people. But I, I just I had to get out and about. I had to exercise my body so that I didn't just fall into despair. I, I hope that that's understandable. So it, now it's, it's been a week and I'm in much higher spirits. I've been going to the library I think I went three times this week and the first time that I went there was a power outage and it said that I had been online for 81 minutes and then the power went out and I lost everything that I had written and from that point on I decided not to use the library computers anymore because had I been using my laptop there I wouldn't have lost all that stuff and I was stubborn and angry enough to come back the next day with my laptop and sit down and rewrite everything that I had written the day before. And I couldn't manage it. I wrote more words the second day, but didn't get as far in the narrative as I had the first day. Anyhow, going to the library has been really interesting. Seeing people, I mean, nobody, people don't follow the mask mandate. Even there, I know I am no longer contagious, or at least I have been told that I am no longer contagious, but still, it just one day this will all be a memory. And maybe I will look back on going to my friend Jeff's house. Now, I sat on one couch and he sat on the other, but I wasn't supposed to do that. I just missed the guy, I hadn't seen him in a year, and I wanted to hang out with him. Or the time, you know, that I went and watched Mandalorian with my cousin, and his wife made him sleep on the couch for a week after that. You know, which is not unusual. No, but once I got a positive COVID test, she made him sleep away from the family because he and I are friends. This has been a very unusual year. In almost every sense of the word... I took my nephew to the mall yesterday and they had a big display where Santa was. In the same place that they always have Santa, just right there in the center. I, it's possible that I sat on Santa's lap in that exact spot 40 years ago. And this year they did have Santa, but he was in glassed in a fishbowl type thing. He was in a, a paddock. Like he was a zoo animal. He was inside his cage. And there was a sign that said, Happy COVID Christmas. Get a picture to commemorate this once in a lifetime of the pandemic Christmas. It was so crass. They wanted you to take a picture standing in front of the, the, the plexiglass that was protecting you from Santa or whatever it was. Like he was a puma or a tiger or a bear or something like that. And I saw people do it. Not a lot of people. The lines had always traditionally been super long to meet Santa, but this is less than. And I think people know that. But there were still people there that would go up and stand in front of the glass and get a picture. I'm sure that the mall was happy for those few people that would be willing to do that. But it just seemed so surreal to see this. And I took a picture of Santa there in the cell. You know, he's in the brig on the Starship Enterprise. (laughs) That is something that we will look back on. Fondly, I don't think so. But it has been a singular year. Something that people will talk about forever. Well, forever That people will talk about for the rest of our lifetimes. But, you know, there'll probably be movies made about it and stuff. And it's not over. You know, they've announced this vaccine and all that. But it will take a good long time before people are vaccinated. And then, of course, there's the delight of people who refuse to be vaccinated. People who say that it's a a ploy. it's, It's a conspiracy. So this will stretch on to the horizon for a long, long time. And just because I got it in December of 2020 doesn't mean that I can't get it again in March or April or December of 2021. This pandemic has changed things and only time will tell how much things have been permanently changed and then how much things will go back. the way they used to be. The last movie that I went to with my friend Jeff, we wore our masks through the whole movie, but the first movie that I went to in this new state of COVID-19, I took my mask off once I sat down in my seat. You know, these are things that you learn. These are things that change. I remember when I first started wearing a mask that it was almost unbearable, it was super uncomfortable, it was restrictive, but as the time went on, the um, length of time that I could wear a mask, that I would wear a mask, it, it, it just got longer and longer. People are adaptive, people can get used to anything. I hope that things do go back to normal, that people do go back to the movies, that theme parks open, that people start to hug again I ran into a coworker of mine, Irene, a couple of months back, and she was happy to see me, which is surprising. But also, yes, she wanted a hug. And that was strange. Just, you know, not even a year into this thing, the idea of hugging someone, hello. And I did it. I, I really liked Irene. Yet, I know that there are people that don't, do that and may not want to ever do that again. And, and that's too bad. So here's just a little coda of the episode. I'm just about ready to make it available. And I thought, let me give you a little perspective. So eventually I did feel better. I had a headache that lingered. Pretty much everybody in my family did get COVID and that's going to happen. What's weird is my sister, And my niece's boyfriend also got it uh, a couple of weeks later, long enough later that I feel like it wasn't me that could have given it to them. Although, you know, let's say that it was me, that it was all my fault. But because of that, because we had all gotten the virus, we were able to have a family Christmas where everybody got together at my mom's house and opened presents and all that like you do like you did. <laughs> and so, yeah, there was a, a, a silver lining to all that, I guess. I mean, nobody had to be hospitalized. Nobody, the, the person that got the sickest was my niece's boyfriend was kathexis's boyfriend. And he, he thought, yeah, if I don't feel better tomorrow, um, yeah, I'll have to go to the hospital. And then he felt better tomorrow. So we were lucky in that way. And, um, In editing this episode, I didn't feel like it was nearly as whiny and oh, woe is me as I thought I was when I first recorded that long, lonely walk around the neighborhood. You know, it's just everybody deals with this stuff in a different way. And uh, oh, I mentioned silver lining. There was another silver lining uh, while I was sick and quarantining, you know, just staying at home and eating all of that soup that I'd bought myself for those days. I, uh, I started a new book way back March or April or so. I asked on Facebook to all my writer friends, has the pandemic affected your writing has, has it found its way into what you're writing? And, and a couple of people said yes. And a couple of people said, no, I write, you know, epic fantasy or I write gay, furry interspecies romance. So no, it didn't really affect me. But, um, I started writing this book about a guy on. An outpost on a planet out there with a colony and people start getting sick on the colony and they don't get better. In fact, the numbers of the population very quickly start to plummet. And eventually, as the numbers become fewer and fewer, you start to think about the futility of it all and the loneliness of space and of a new world. And I, you know, it's it's me, so I haven't finished it. I probably won't finish it. But, you know, you write what you know. And so I feel like that's that's neat. That uh, you can be inspired by all sorts of things. And that that's it. I was just going to add that little bit in. I'll go ahead and publish this and then move on to the next episode. Which sometimes is all that you can do. I hope that you are well. I hope that your loved ones recover if they get sick. Now that there's a vaccine, it seems like there's light at the end of the tunnel, but like I said earlier in the episode there are differing opinions as to what that light is, whether it's the oncoming train or uh, it's just, you know, so 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 far in the distance that you you think it's right there and it's not we will see, but uh, hopefully we will see together that's it I've had plenty of time to podcast, that's for sure, in 2020. And who knows what 2021 will hold. But if you enjoy my podcast, let me know. And uh, I will continue to do what I can. And stay positive. Which is maybe the worst pun imaginable. But that's what I give you. Good night. Ah. Creative Commons. 3.0 license, I barely knew thee. I remember how your hair would shine in the moonlight, how the hint of your smile would make my stomach start up a spin cycle, and how free you were, free to listen to, download, and share. But you couldn't be tied down, couldn't be claimed as somebody's property, couldn't be charged for, couldn't be altered. I never knew what a good thing I had in you. Something so attributable. Something with no derivatives. Something to share and share alike. I never knew that good thing until it was done. Like this podcast. When her gaze came back to him, he asked her, Are you really a ghost? Are you really a ghost? Are you really a ghost? One more time. Are you really a ghost? She took a long, measured breath, as though he read poetry instead of watching football and WSOP. What is WSOP? Do I have my phone to ask? WSOP? What does WSOP stand for? World Series of Poker. According to Wikipedia, <laughs> thank the you. World Series thank of you. Poker I, is a super... I hear you. I, just, I just wanted to know.